Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was like Marmite at Primal. People either loved it or they really, really hated it. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. The man who's just entered the ring, the creator. Thank you, how are you? All is good, thank you, sir. You seem to be a Palace fan, but yeah. depending on the, the, the way the wind blows, sometimes you're an FC Basel fan as well, aren't you? Uh, that's what my phone likes to think. Um, <laughs> I, I tweeted out a joke uh, about a month or so ago, saying that I <laughs> just responding to, I think I was getting some stick from some Liverpool fans because uh, they, they beat us to win the title. And uh, I basically just said, actually, I support FC Basel. And that's part of the joke. This is, actually, this is a long running joke that me and Warren Banks have, where we just pretend to support other teams when our team loses. Um, and then in, in doing that, I went to go and Google FC Basel's uh, top scoring striker as, as part of the, the ongoing banter. And now my phone thinks I support Basel. So uh, it sends me the live uh, <laughs> the live updates of whenever Basel play, as well as Crystal Palace, who are my actual team, and uh, the Houston um, Texans, who are my NFL team. So, yes. so I'll just be sat minding my own business, and I'll get a notification to say Basel are playing, which I obviously cared less than <laughs> less than nothing about. But I will. Do you not feel like you become sort of by proxy a bit of a Basel fan though? I know all the results now, so <laughs> and my phone's fan. my past, so it's uh, yeah, I guess so. How long have you been a Palace fan? Is my life, yeah. all my all my football in life. So since I was about five, my dad tried me, tried to get me to watch Palace for the longest time, and I was kind of rejected it because I was so young that uh, I just thought football was football, and you go and watch a game, and you pick your favourite colour and support that 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 team. Uh, which, which was what I was doing actually the first few games that my dad took me to watch Palace and then then he got me a, a Palace kit which then made the Palace uh, Palace colour is my favourite colour so uh, who's your all time favourite for Crystal Palace who's an all time favourite uh, probably Andy Johnson special mention to Eric Young I think probably not not the uh, not Sanity slash Impact Wrestling Eric Young as in <laughs> Nick Young Nice. Did you work as a steward at Crystal Palace for a while as well? Uh, this is before I started wrestling or anything. So uh, I just wanted a, a, I guess, a Saturday job. I didn't need the money or anything. I was quite happy, happy to, with, with money. And it just kind of it was a nice way to be able to uh, watch the game and and get paid. Only that I got promoted to um, stand supervisor, which meant I couldn't watch the game at all because I had to watch my staff. So. Uh, 
yeah, but I did that for a few years, and then when we got when we got promoted to the Premier League, it became less fun, um, and I just left doing it. And not long after, I started wrestling. How have you found watching football during lockdown? Because it's weird watching football at the moment. Well, it, well, it was. Yeah. The season's ended now, but it was a strange one. Uh, I did. I did stop actually. Um, when I, when it started up again, I was kind of I was dying for any bit of football. When the, when the Bundesliga started up, started up, I started watching that just because. Well, I was desperate to see some football, and then the Premier League side, and I started watching any Palace game I could because you know, they're quite easy to watch now. And then, then, then Palace happened, and I just stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> FC Basel third in the Swiss Super League. So if you if you back that all, it should be all right. <laughs> I should know that already, shouldn't I? <laughs> We just decided that we take some of wrestling's finest folk and put them on a desert island. But before they go, we're going to burn a DVD for them with their three favourite wrestling matches. It's not like an actual holiday, does it? It just sounds like one of them. Patreons all paid for and all that stuff, so you get food on the island. Okay, let me, let me know some more. Go on. Beautiful crisp island. Uh, we've got you a hut near the beach. Well, everything's near the beach on a desert island. And uh, never-ending supply of, of, of fresh vegetables, might be some animals on there, and for some reason, electricity to just one television with a DVD attachment on it, like off, from off of the, no, the, the early noughties. Um, okay. But you're only allowed to take one DVD, and it's got to have three wrestling matches on. Uh, what would you like your first wrestling match to be, Roy? How big's the storage of this DVD? Uh, I reckon we could probably get maybe three wrestling matches on. Um, of varying lengths. I'd say my three favourites that I've been live at. What will your first one be, Roy? Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 24, because it nearly brought me, brought me to tears. The time has come for the nature boy Ric Flair to put his career on the line against Shawn Michaels. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. Ric Flair continues to prove why he is the man. Flair has survived this amazing effort. The look on Shawn Michaels' face tells another story. Oh, my God, what a shot! Over 70,000 fans paying their respects to the greatest to ever lace a pair of boots. Always, always been a Shawn guy, but the how that that particular match was built up and the story going into it and how everything was executed not just on that day but in the, in the months going up to it and actually on that, on that particular weekend with Flair going into the Hall of Fame and that sort of thing uh, I then changed allegiance to Flair and <laughs> for them to be able to make me as an avid Sean fan do that it's quite something uh, and just the particular obvious, it's, it's an easy obvious story that match but it's i was just hooked on everything the whole match uh every single move every single punch kick every single facial expression i was just on the edge of my seat for it and then when the finish came i was dying dying for rick to kick out and he didn't can you remember the first live wrestling show that you went to um it was wcw nitro taping i only remember the, the goldberg match on that show um, purely because it was that short it was it, it was your typical Goldberg squash match at the time but I remember um, I was I left my seat to go I think to go and get some food or something and I heard Goldberg's music and I just stood now and watched the whole match and then went to get my, went to get my food but I lost my shit. so he came in big entrance spear jack hammer one two three that was it so that's the first one I remember. A lot of time will have passed between your first wrestling show and WrestleMania Live. For those who haven't experienced a live WrestleMania, just talk to us about what it's like. Crazy. <laughs> um, it's, and it's, well, now it's grown into like a, a very, I guess it's a long day. It is a long day, but it's, it's everything so back to back and it's, it's, it goes quite quickly. But it's just everything's just huge. I can't really explain it. It's just bigger than it's bigger than wrestling itself, really. But I've, I've been to quite a few, so I, I guess it, the the novelty hasn't worn off. But like the I guess excitement since my first one I've been to is, is kind of maybe dwindled a little bit. It just feel, it feels a less special, I guess. You, you you never kind of your first one is always the best one or the most special one, isn't it? So this would have been two thousand eight, some years before you even 
began your wrestling journey. At what point was it when you decided that you wanted to give the wrestling thing a go? It's, it's one of them things that's on your bucket. It's something you want to do. And um, I just wanted to have just one match. Stand up on a t- in, the t- in the corner on the second turnbuckle, looking out to people, looking back at me. Um, but I, I, I did other sports. So um, I, I played American football at university um, and for a little bit when I, when I graduated university. And um, then I went into, straight into powerlifting and then I stayed in powerlifting for quite a while. And um, I could never commit any sort of time or and even my body wouldn't allow me to do both so uh, whether, whether that's both American football and, and wrestling or powerlifting and wrestling so I had to wait until I was done with powerlifting and my body told me I was done with powerlifting in 2014 yeah 2014 how did your body tell you you were done with powerlifting <laughs> I Injured my my uh, knee when I was, I was in the competition. I did a squat and I didn't. For for the for, for the uh, I guess it's probably probably quite boring, but I didn't wrap my my knee up properly with my knee wraps that they weren't tight enough. So they're tight on one leg and not on the other, and that then put more strain on one leg, which then resulted in me injuring myself. And then I couldn't bend my leg for quite. Uh, it was like a few days, whatever. I was just in pain for a few days, and, I'm, and then I just thought to myself, "This isn't really worth it because you get nothing in powerlifting other than a few trophies that aren't made out of anything <laughs> worth anything. It's just all, you know, a nice pat on the back. You don't get any money, you don't get sponsorship, you don't get any sort of anything other than your own self gratification when you do it." So, um, and, and and sorry to to take it back a bit. Um, when that happened, or around about the time that had happened, I'd, I've been a wrestling fan. I've been to going, been going to progress shows for uh, a, good, a good while. I think like a year, maybe up to that point. A year, maybe no, about a year and a half, maybe two years even up to that point. And I was talking to Ali Armstrong about wrestling. He was trying to convince me to come down to the to train at, at the wrestling school, and um, and having that on the back of my mind once I'd injured myself from powerlifting. I just thought, let me fix my fix myself, get my body back into um, durable shape, and you know, look like a wrestler. And then I'll go and do training. And then one day I just took, picked, packed a bag and just went down to the wrestling school, and then just kept at it. So, with the exception of obviously the physique, uh, is there any skills or attributes that you learned through powerlifting that that has helped you in your wrestling? Uh, learning how to pick things up. It sounds it sounds trivial, but there obviously there are safe so pick things up, you know, lifting with your legs and how to how to bend your back properly and how to shift your weight and 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 stances to to keep you in um I guess yeah having a strong stance and that sort of thing because I when I did powerlifting a lot of it carried over to when I did American football as well. Um, so I played in the defensive line, and there could be there's there's like you know you're in a position, an uncomfortable position on on the line for a considerable amount of time during the game, especially if your um your defense isn't very good. So if you're on the pitch for quite a long time, or even if your offense isn't very good and your offense offense can't score, then your defense team they're back on the field, and you're just in in an awkward position most of the time. Um, and it's learning how to to maneuver your body weight and and have that strength to hold yourself in one position for a long time. Carries over to wrestling as well. So, yeah. Do you think that um, had you not injured uh, yourself in powerlifting, you may have continued to do it, or do you think in another life you may have continued down the American football route? Uh, I no. So American football, I, I loved it when I was at uni. When I when I started playing it after uni, I, I then quickly hated it. Because it wasn't the same. Like you had a camaraderie and a, and a um, like your teammates and stuff. You you just enjoy spending time with them. It doesn't. It's not really the same. It doesn't really carry through when you graduate from university and you're playing with like American, with American football with like real life people. I say real life people, um, adults, people who have jobs and and responsibilities and things. And you kind of just don't really 
get to spend that much time to get to know him like you do with your your, your uni teammates and stuff. And plus, like, the days that they had training and games was like a Sunday. And going into work on a Monday after playing American football was just not fun at all. Uh, at university, at least, I had a morning to sleep in or whatever. It's before lectures or what have you. But, you know, when you've got work and then your, your weekend's taken up, half of it's taken up by getting the snot beating out of you from American football, uh, it's not the same. <laughs> you, you, you swapped uh, snot beatings uh, for wrestling then? It sounds like. Yeah. Um, what were your preconceptions before you started training to wrestle? I thought I was too small. In, really? In as, a, as a powerlifter, you still thought you were too small? Yeah. yeah. Wow. See, um, I always compared myself to the Americans. Um, it, was, it was going to watch like indies over here in the UK that made me realise maybe I'm not too small. But then also as well... Um, I, I don't want to let, let the cat out of the bag, but a lot of wrestlers they lie about their weights and their heights. <laughs> no, sorry, not. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So it is naive me going into wrestling thinking, you know, people are the, the average height is you know six foot two, the average weight's two hundred and forty odd pounds or what have you. So I'm like, and I think the thing is I'm I'm six foot anyway, so. Um, like, I, I don't bother with cooking up my, my height as such because it's, it's just silly. If I'm stood next to someone and I, and I say I'm six foot and then I say I'm six foot two and I'm standing next to someone who's six foot one and, and they're taller than me, it's just a bit silly, really. So, anyway, um, so I didn't think I was big enough, was the first thing. Um, and then I also had concerns of whether I actually I would enjoy it. And if I didn't enjoy it, would that take the love out of something that I enjoy watching and I have enjoyed watching for a considerable amount of time? Um, but luckily, when I went to, to such train, I realised, OK, I am more than big enough. <laughs> the, and um, I picked it up quite quickly purely because I'd watch it all the time and, and then I'll end up being OK at it. So, A lot of times when people talk about getting into wrestling it's a, it's been compared on this podcast to um becoming a magician in the sense that you watch magicians when you're younger and then when you learn the tricks it either ruins the magic for you or it makes you want to learn more and like once you're behind the curtain it's like ah oh, i want to know how to do that but better uh, which do you think was your initial reaction to stuff like that uh probably the second like uh, like there's, there's, there's things obviously that I learnt that um, that the magic was explained to me and I was kind of like oh that's ah oh, you know that's a shame but um, I just wanted to take it, take it all in as much as I could really let's get on to your second wrestling match then Roy so we've got Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels from Wrestlemania what is your second match for the DVD sir my second match for the DVD is Triple H versus Sting WrestleMania 31. If someone stands between me and this company, I am kicking their ass. I have enhanced an opportunity to end a legacy. An icon. To end an icon. I'm not here to fight for WCW. I'm here to take Triple H down. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do at WrestleMania! You never thought you'd ever see them two in a ring together. Um, Sting's WWE debut. You never thought you'd see him in a WWE ring. Then there was the whole... The ma and the match itself was just great anyway. Then there was the whole WCW versus WWE thing, the DX versus NWO thing. Um, it, like, I'm a big sucker for nostalgia. So, you know, when, when mid-match you just hit, you hear um, the DX theme, like, what, okay, what the hell's going on there? And then, then a few minutes later you hear the NWO theme, and then I, I lost it. Absolutely lost my mind. And then you had Sean come in, like, which one is he going to... Who's going to side with? All that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the best. 
You mentioned earlier that you went to a, a WCW show in the UK. Uh, were you on the WCW side of the fence during the uh, the Attitude Era, during the Monday Night Wars? I was firmly in the WWE camp, but uh, I used to watch both. Well, from memory, I think Night Show was on, the first hour of Night Show was on before Raw. So I used to watch the first hour of Night Show. This is when they when both were on like a Friday night or what have you. We used to watch the first hour of Nitro, then watch Raw, and then I think when if technology allowed me to, I'd record Nitro, watch Raw. So I don't know something about watch the repeats on the weekends or whatever. But, but yeah, um, I'd watch both, but I'd 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 watch uh, WWE more attentively. I'd say. Was there somebody from the WCW camp? that you were just desperate to see on the on the WWF? Uh, Goldberg. Well, no, actually, to be fair, I'll say that. When the invasion happened, and I was thinking, oh, all, all these guys can come over. Like, you can have NWO versus DX finally, and, and have Goldberg come over, and have Scott Steiner, and, and all these sort of things, and have Booker T. And, yeah, we got all those guys there in the end anyway. So you're at this WrestleMania live. Is there a particular tradition that you have when you go to WrestleMania across the, across the water? Not a tradition as such. Basically, my dad lives in Miami. So whenever I go over, I, I'll tie that in with a fist to, to my dad's. You were over in the States earlier this year, weren't you? Before, basically, the, the world caught fire. Yeah. And what actually happened was I was meant to go over for WrestleMania week, but I couldn't because of work commitments. So I thought, OK, well, I'll just go over to Miami to see my dad. I'll go over a month before and see my dad and stuff. Um, unfortunately, I had to turn down bookings and, and that sort of thing for that weekend. But... As you mentioned, the world went mad, and I wasn't allowed to go. Well, no one was allowed to go over to, to Tampa for WrestleMania because it didn't happen in Tampa in the end. Uh, but I went over to Miami. I was in America for their lockdown, and then our soft lockdown got announced while I was in America, and I struggled to get home. <laughs> and then when I got home, we had our proper full-on lockdown. How have you kept yourself uh, sane during lockdown? I just trying to get myself in the routine, really, to be honest. I found it all a bit difficult at first, especially when, when the gyms closed uh, and I had to then scramble to get any sort of equipment into my my flat. Well, I got into a routine and a pattern, and actually, to be honest, I'm, I don't dislike it. I don't get a chance to be in my in my flat a lot, so I, I, I work. This is also another exclusive. I do actually have another job that's uh, not wrestling, so... Uh, so I have a nine to five after work, and then I go to the gym after work or wrestling training after work. And when it comes to the weekends, I'm wrestling on shows, so I don't often get a chance to sit and just enjoy my own company or enjoy my flat. Um, it's been a bit of a running joke with, with, with the boys and, and, and the girls within wrestling that Sunday nights I have uh, I have a takeaway and I put my phone on airplane mode for a few hours and just enjoy a bit of silence and food that I shouldn't be eating and that's usually my, my, my big highlight for my weekend but now because I can just be at home um, I'm just spending a lot of time at home and I'm getting things done that I wouldn't usually get done at home like a bit of DIY and all that sort of stuff so yes it's alright a bit productive You keep a journal of every single match that you've had. Uh, yes, I do. Thing, and it shows you how quickly you went from uh, from from training and learning the ropes, coming away from being a powerlifter and, a, and, a, and and doing stuff on the football pitch, to becoming a wrestler. To am I right in thinking match thirty five of your career was NXT UK? I think it was thirty five. If I have a thirty five or twenty five, I want to. Say, I'll say thirty five to be safe. I'm pretty sure it was thirty five. I mean, twenty five is even more impressive, admittedly. Yeah, when, it, when you look when, at the time, I didn't think it had. Bizarrely enough, I like I just thought, uh, well, not, not that's that's what happens to people after the thirty five matches, but you don't. I guess you just don't think what's an acceptable time for something like that to happen to you. And um, and I think around about that time as well, I think it's doc, quite doc, well documented that Braun Strowman his fourth match was on Raw or something like that so um, but yeah it's mad <laughs> when you look back at it now it's, 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 it's mad so I had um, for, for those of you who aren't aware of, of my, my, my stuff so to speak a Wasteman Challenge in July of that year and it just so happened that that show was watched by Mr. Regal the name's Johnson and I'm here don't drink cider don't drink beer I'm a bad man but no fear and I'll slap you if you come near. What the-
Johnson, call me Roy. I'm a big man, not a boy. But the one you should annoy. I'm so wavy, can't be coy. One beat one with Ravy Davy. Like I said, I am so wavy. Are we chicken with no gravy? I put a fight, I can put a navy. You can't rap, you can't spit. You can't rhyme, you just for a punch, I hope that I miss. Take a nick, I'm taking a piss. Hear what I said? You're a chap, you're a Ned. I hit a punch, I knock off your head. Put me to sleep, I put me to bed. So if you got a medal, bring it out. Or you don't, shut your mouth. Know where I'm from, I come from the south. This is London, this is my house. I guess he liked or saw something in me from, from that show. And we had a, a quick chat after the show. Uh, I've got a message from Jim Smallman to say um, might have some work for me for WWE. You found out at the same time as us that Pete Dunne's first match within the WWE system, within NXT UK, was going to be against you. Had you, had you you'd worked with Pete Dunne before. I've been on shows with him before, I, um, but... Uh, obviously, at, at that point, at that stage of my career, I'd only, you know, 20-odd shows. I think he just started having his British Strong Style run at Progress around about that time. So I'd, I'd met him a few times, but I'd never never wrestled him. I might be on his DVD. So. <laughs> there is at least space for a promo on there. So for those who, who aren't familiar with the work of, of Roy Johnson, the Waste Man Challenge, it's, it's, basic, it's, it's, a, it's a rap contest that precedes a match, basically. Uh, yep. But the, but and this is what Regal had seen of you. Part of what he'd seen was a waste man challenge, and you got the chance to bring that to NXT UK. Uh, talk to us about the the promo that exists of yourself, Roy, on WWE's YouTube channel. Roy Johnson, do you have any words for your opponent, Pete Dunne, ahead of your first round contest in this weekend's tournament? May I? The name's Johnson. Big wavy. I eat chicken. No gravy. I go hard. I'm not lazy. Wanna see me? Then pay me. One v one with man like Peter. I'm so hot I broke the meter. Can't score past me. Can't beat this keeper. You go deep, then I go deeper. One v one with man like Peter. I'm a top athlete. You can't compete. I'm hard to miss. I'm hard to beat. Try stuff with me. I'll make you weep. You got a medal? Bring it out. Or you don't? Shut your mouth. Know where I'm from? I come from the south. So repeat. I'm knocking you out. All right, that was very unique. So, as, as, you, as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Reed would see me do a waistband challenge, and then he had apparently effective, uh, affectionately, sorry, um, named me or nicknamed me as Roy the Rapper. Uh, this is what I've been told at a later date that he'd, when asking about me, he'd ask about Roy the Rapper. So he knew that that, that was in my, my locker, so to speak. And when we got to the tapings and for the tournament, the, the day before he, he pulled me aside and said to me can you do a promo for dot com i was like yeah sure that's absolutely fine um want you to do a rap promo about pete and i was like oh my god no <laughs> no because i'm actually not very good at rapping so um and also it's added pressure cameras and, i mean i've obviously done it in front of cameras and stuff but it's a little bit different when it's a camera right in your face and it's just you i'll go away and i'll um think of some bars or whatever and i just said to him can i can we, can we film this tomorrow? Is that all right? And he said, yeah, that's fine. Um, he came back later, maybe about five, ten minutes late, saying, we need you to film this tonight. Is that all right? Okay, well, give me an hour or so, and I'll think of something. And then I was really racking my brains. And then next thing I know, it's like, can you do this now? And I think that's probably that's probably a, a, an old WWE test. They probably like to throw to people. Can you, can you think on your feet? Yeah, that sort of stuff. So yeah, then I went over and did the, the famous chicken or gravy promo with um, with Tidy Caruso. It was like Marmite, that promo. People either loved it or they really, really hated it. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Think about... Had I listened to all those people who told me I shouldn't do it, who I should be afraid of losing all these opportunities, who I won't get booked, had I stood up and lived in that fear, then I wouldn't have had the outreach that I do and I wouldn't have resonated with so many people that I've already resonated with. Um, I know that there's power in me not being afraid anymore. That's something that I've, I, I've, I've acknowledged and, I, and, I'm, and I'm living in. The less afraid I am, the more doors that open for other people. Because if I'm sitting here and I'm proud to be black and I say that, where on my sleeve? and there's no hiding from it, no running away. Sure, even if the people are right and I can be ostracized and I can be uh, crapped on and blackballed, that will lead more people to be proud of their blackness, more people to be proud of who they are. And then, then it stops being taboo. I don't care if I, if, I, if I never get my shot. Real talk, I really do not care if I ever get my shot, if the next person does. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if it's me, if, if Darius has to be blackballed, if Darius has to, like, take that L, then I'll take it for everyone. Because there shouldn't have to be another Darius Locker. Revolutionary shouldn't have to exist. That's, that's the point. Like, I'm here because I have to be. And I'm black because I have to be. And I'm proud because I have to be. Because for so long, y'all told us that we shouldn't be, and we can't be. Here we go. Ah, oh, this is it, main event. Man, it's got that main event feel. Absolutely, man. Hashtag everything panned. Use the hashtag if you're watching on VOD. This is a big, big opportunity for Big Wavy. Here we go, main event on the way officially. I guess it's his party. <laughs> Where did the idea come from for everything patterned? There was a bit of a discussion and debate on, on Twitter. I think it was two years ago now. It actually came up on my time hop. Uh, Rob Brazier, the photographer, had a sort of discussion on diversity in, in, in British wrestling. And I've had thoughts on it and what have you. And I don't, I don't think that it's for any reason that the cards aren't as uh, diverse as they, they should be. It's but they're just not. So, um, and I was quite vocal about it, not in a negative way, I just gave my, my own thoughts on it. And uh, I was backstage at a show and I was talking to a, a wrestler and he said to me, okay, I, kinda, I get what you're saying, but like, if you were to, on this show, replace, I don't know, a wrestler with a black wrestler, who who would who would you who, who would you put there? Who would you put in that spot? Um, and I had, I had ideas, but in the same time, I saw who he was coming from in terms of the profile of uh, black British wrestlers in the country isn't as high as they should be. Um, and the only way you can get to that sort of level of, uh, I guess, or, or, or get to that sort of level of notoriety and then that sort of thing. And so I was sat at my, 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 my day job and I was a bit bored, had nothing to do one afternoon. I wrote up this, this kind of fantasy card featuring uh, all black talent, essentially, which then thought, oh, we could run a show out of this. So actually, then the card was really good as well. <laughs> but obviously, I don't have the money, the know-how, the time, um, the, the desire as well to put on a wrestling show. So I just kind of left left this written-out card in my wallet and left the idea for maybe a month or so. And then I got an email from Wrestling Resurgence saying we want to do this show for Black History Month, and I was like, oh, is, did I tell someone about my idea? And is it is it gone round and you've you've heard about it or or, or what? But no, they just had essentially the same idea as me. So I typed out into the reply email the card that I'd written down on, so that was in my wallet. So there's only one wrestler who was who was on that that bit of paper that I had that didn't make the show and that's because he was booked elsewhere quite damning really if you think about it if you think if you can have a particular Saturday and have 95% of the card that you want to 
book for your show and they're all available what, what does that that kind of backs up my point really about the fact that these guys who were on the show they should be more played yeah it says it like you say it does say something about sort of representation across wrestling and um, we've not long had and it continues on and I think cause, because it's not as prevalent in timelines, people think it stops, but it continues on. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has been a big part of um, the, of the last few months. Um, how do you think something like the Black Lives Matter movement will change wrestling for the better? I'd like to think that uh, it will help with regards to diversity on shows going forward. But as we've seen recently, wrestling has got its own couple of challenges that it needs to deal with first and needs to clean its house working to to solve the world <laughs> uh, you know uh, with the speaking out movement I think that's more obviously more of a priority in terms of sorting out um, what needs to happen with, with, with wrestling going forward but I hope we're in a place where the cards become more diverse and everyone gets a fair crack and then it's a, a, more of a level playing field around wrestling because um, I mean I've been quite outspoken about it Big T's been very outspoken about it and and then there's been a lot of talk in America as well about uh, how black wrestlers are presented and, and the opportunities given towards them and how they should be more, not only more black wrestlers, but more, you know, blacks and minorities involved with wrestling shows, whether that be promoting them, producing them, you know, managers, photographers, uh, writers, you know, all that, all, all levels really. So you don't get the the current black wrestler stereotypes and tropes that you do now when you see in America and have people who maybe understand these people a bit better so they know how to present them onto a TV show, for example. Um, so there's been a lot of talk of that in America, and I'd probably say more so in America because the American wrestling scene is, is more... It's, it's all going, you know, it's all going ahead. There's, there's new content coming out every week, whether that be from WWE, AEW, Impact, uh, MLW, um, whereas over in the UK, the Indies have stopped um, and NXT UK is on pause at the moment. So I think there's more of a conversation about what's going on in America than in the UK in terms of actually actual wrestling product. Whereas there's, you know, a lot of discussion of over here and how to, well, and while we are, we are on a pause on how to, make wrestling a better place for when we bring it back. With regards to speaking out movement, and it, it ties in with, I guess, everything else, is having professional wrestling actually be professional, have like, policies and procedures and in terms of weeding out people who shouldn't, who or who aren't doing the right thing, uh, where it's never had that before. It's been a bit of a, a boys club, so to speak, and and it's been governed by by wrestlers and as, as we've seen that's not really the best <laughs> the best way for it so it, it needs it needs to, to actually act like a, a proper business or a, an actual uh, sporting organization and have someone impartial at the top of it feeding down how things should be and, and with, with the input obviously of, of wrestlers because we understand the business and, and and the ones who want better change should you know be steering that discussion but then to have someone impartial at the top of it to say well hang on a minute this is gonna what's gonna happen because you know of how it should be not because your mates with this promoter or you're in with this promotion and or you're a big name in wrestling so you, you get let off all that sort of thing that, that all stuff needs to go just everyone needs to be treated equally and be a back at level playing field are there plans for a, an everything pattern too or a show of a similar style obviously we don't know when wrestling will be back mm. I'd, I had before the speaking out movement happened I had, had conversations with a couple of promotions in terms of, of well, taking it out to London um, which is due to like, things that have come to light then it's probably not best that I, I do that now yeah. but um, it's, it's something that's desperately needed now from what I understand that conversation I've had with other people with other wrestlers with wrestling fans over Twitter it's something that people want because it's such a feel good show and um, with, with regards to everything that's going on with, with in the world with Black Lives Matter and, and that's one thing as well it's, it is needed because 
we made this big noise when we did the first show. You know, there's nothing to say we shouldn't follow it up and see what, where we can take it. Is there somebody you'd like on a dream card for everything pattern too? Wanted to keep it as British as possible anyway. Bringing in imports isn't going to solve the problem we, that we have in British wrestling with the quality. I've pretty much got my dream card when I first did it. Now, um, I'd love to have Jody Fyshon. He was he was the admitted name basically from the original card that I had. He, he couldn't make it because he had another book in that day. I'd love to have MVP on. He was quite vocal in support of the actual show. And MVP is a great guy anyway. So accomplished, he has no problem with bringing others up. He's expressed a desire to wrestle Rampage Brown. Oh, that would be something else. He's told me that in private, and then he's gone on to tweet on about it and stuff. And I think that would be a great match to headline one if we're ever able to do it. Obviously, a lot of things have changed since then. Uh, MVP's out doing fantastic work on on Raw and uh, part of the Hurt business and, and all that sort of stuff so I don't know whether it'd be possible to even get him if we could now but he, he'd be one but I, as I said I want to keep it as, as Brit rest as possible really Before we get to your third and final match there is uh, another caveat that I like to throw on uh, on this desert island I'm also allowing you to take with you as well as this DVD you're allowed to take a movie an album and a luxury item. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's sort of when when I say to you, you're allowed to bring a movie with you. What's the first movie that comes to mind, right? <laughs> um, I'd probably say, ah, oh, see, I'm not really a big movie guy, you know, but I have favourite movies, and I know I'll, I'll say one, and then I'll go back and think about it, and I wish I'd say something else, but I'll say for now. Uh, 40 year old virgin like I've watched that film so many times and every time I still find it hilarious so but then I know I'll, I'll, I'll think about it I'll be trying to get to bed tonight and I'll be I'll just think about a film I've missed out but hey I've said it now I've committed that's it you're on it you're committed to the bit um, how about an album 2020 experience by Justin Timberlake because there's a deluxe version where there's like nearly 30 songs so I picked that version because I'm not limited my options. How about a luxury item? I mean, what's a luxury item? Is, can I take my phone with me? Is um, that... I mean, you, you can, but you can't use it to make phone calls. I'll take uh, PS Vita with me. You might be the only person playing PS Vita still <laughs> that I've ever met. That's incredible. But it's such an amazing bit of technology and yeah. amazing that Wish was still around because it's such a good idea. <laughs> but if I could have that with me, so I wanted some, some some form of gaming console with me. You see, I'm not want to bang out a game of FIFA or whatever. You like, I, I don't want to take my whole PS4 with me because then your favourite game on the PS Vita. I'd first probably say about one of the old SmackDown versus Raw games. I think I used to love being Brock Lesnar on the old games just because he's like so big and yeah, I'd probably say Brock Lesnar. Although like if we're talking back to No Mercy in 64 days, I'd probably say Kane. Because remember, if you're in a Royal Rumble and you had Kane, if you just held held down the strike button, he'd do like a massive uppercut and just send someone over the top rope. And I just win so many Rumbles just doing that. Before I say my third and final match, I'd like to give a couple of honourable mentions if I could. Yeah, of course you can, sir. So this match would have been in here if it wasn't for my own personal caveat that it had to be a match that I've been live for. So, but this one I wasn't. Uh, so this particular match is CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Um, I think for in terms of moments and crowd moments and that sort of thing, it's hard to beat that one. Yeah, I don't. I, like I said earlier, I don't really remember moves and such much, but moments stick out. And yeah. the whole moment of um, Vince coming down and about to do the 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 Montreal screw job and Cena saying no, no you don't, and then Cena losing, uh, CM Punk running away with the title, the crowd going absolutely nuts, blowing the kiss and then running off the, into the night with the belt, just, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell of a moment. Yeah. So there's that, but so, but that didn't that didn't make my top three because I hadn't been there live for it. Um, <laughs> a bit a bit left field. I don't know how I feel about, about expressing this one. I've, I've mentioned this on Twitter anyway before, so people who know me won't know this is any, this won't be any surprise to anyone, but I want to give an honourable mention and shout out to season two of the Mixed Match Challenge. I couldn't pin one match through that. I just absolutely love season two of it. It's just, it, for, for me, that was just wrestling. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Every, everything. 
about it is it was the best just a cool concept and uh it was it was nice to see them experimenting with something like facebook watch and seeing like just a different medium I, i'm a big geek for stuff like that as well and then just the combos of teams that we had and the way they all played off each other was really nice i'd like to see that that back again oh. actually amidst the mixed match challenge and also there's a lot of dancing there's a season. lot of dancing <laughs> So my third and probably one of my favourite matches I've seen live be Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26. Shawn Michaels! Watch it, sweet! It's over! The streak is over! The streak is over! Michaels has done it! No! What? What? You can literally see their bodies shaking, twitching, in pain, in emotion. Michaels back to his feet first. He is stalking. He is tuning up the band. He's looking to put the feet on the way. Sweet chip oh, music. No, 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 no. no. Can Undertaker pinch Shawn Michaels here? Will he end the, the story career? I don't know if Undertaker can even stand on that leg. You did hear correctly, I said 26 and not 25. And the reason for that is because if you mix the match that they had at 25 with the story they had with uh, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels at 24, you get Shawn versus Taker at 26. And because I was a massive Shawn guy, that match also affects me quite <laughs> emotionally because uh, without realising it I, I witnessed Sean's last match um, or without prior witnessing it so I, I, there was no doubt in my mind that Sean was going to win that and he didn't and then he retired what is it about Sean? why are you a Sean guy? if you follow his career there's very set defined points and character traits and Sean Michaels eras and I just love that you can just follow or pick up any of his old stuff and you know what era you're in for Shawn Michaels. So you obviously you had his, his Rockers era and then the you know the Heartbreak Kid era when he split up with with Marty and then when he was the, the top guy in the new generation and then DX and then his redemption comeback story which then led into his retirement and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's just I've always been a Sean guy, really. I can't, I can't explain why, to be honest. I just thought, and even as a kid, I think it might have been like the, the zipline entrance and the the, the the different ring tire that he had at the time. And just, he was just cool. You know, he's just a cool dickhead. And that was just the, the kind of wrestler I gravitated to when I was a kid. And then, and obviously, who didn't like DX when they were a teenager? You know, he just did all the cool stuff. It's like, uh, it's exactly as you say, where it's it's not completely about the matches, it's about the moments. He went out yeah. with a moment, like a match that, as you say, picked up pretty much where the match the year before left off. It was like a almost a two-year story, that whole feud. It was great, like how the, how like the flair thing kind of bled into him wanting Taker and him going at Taker continuously and then you know nearly beating him at WrestleMania 25 and then after that he kind of sent him down a path of he needed to beat him which then he traded in his career for it's just, oh, it's just all great all good stuff is there something that you when you watch that match that uh, you have utilized in your own in-ring work no I don't think so because I've, no, I've never been if I was ever in a position where I'd have such a high stakes match where it was you know my career versus something that I, I'd forfeited or potentially forfeited my career to, to attain something. Um, yeah, maybe I, I, I looked at that particular match and see what I could fuck up from. But it was just like it was just storytelling, good wrestling, 101. Uh, everything is you, know, you someone could go and, and, and do that match move for move anywhere, and I wouldn't feel anywhere near as what I did watching it because it's a, it's not the same people. I'm not invested in the story as I was at the time. Um, there was just so many elements to that story of that match that people wouldn't be invested in. Like the, the streak, there's always that. You always think when's the Undertaker going to lose his streak? And 
people put things up against the streak and you would think, oh, this could be the year it's gone, and it hasn't been. Uh, the fact that Sean had put his career up on the line, you know, um, the fact that it was it was the main event of that particular WrestleMania, I've just so, so many things that went into it. It's just, and it's WrestleMania, so, you know, it's, there's, there's so many things, that, like intangibles that go into that match that people can't replicate anywhere else. Um, other than those two guys on that big stage, so I don't know if I could ever take anything from that and put it into anything that I do. It'd be hard off. Yeah, well, I'm retired WrestleMania, then we'll see. Yes, yes, that's where you'll go. That's how you go out. That is exactly how you go out. Uh, Roy, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for for coming on to Cultaholic Island with us today. Thank you for having me. Where can people find out all about you, sir? So I'm on Facebook. Well, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. And Instagram all under the handle Roy Johnson. Yeah, if you just search for that, it's all. I'm all on there. Um, I am not on TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on Cameo. Uh, not right uh, now, anyway. Well, not right <laughs> now. Cameo. I would love to be on Cameo. I just I don't know what it is, how it works. But anyway, and there's, there's, there's I don't get the demand for for personal videos to that extent. And at the moment, I'll just give them away for free. What an idiot. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 